So, how would you define a maverick? A maverick? Uh, I would define a maverick as um, someone's a bit of a wild card, um, a cowboy in a sense, but uh, a, tra a trailblazer. I got, let me restart. The words that come to mind are cowboy, trailblazer, um, pioneer, and um, a bit of a risk taker, really, yeah. Okay. The London School of Economics developed a maverickism scale. Okay. I'm going to give you seven statements, and you just need to say true, false, or can't decide to each of them. Okay. People tell me that I'm a maverick. That, that's a statement? Yeah. Am I allowed to ask questions about the statements or no? Generally, it's just true, false, or can't decide, but you can add what you like. Okay, okay, true, true. I have a knack for getting things right when least expected. Um, I don't know. I have a way of solving problems which is different from other people. True. I am much more productive than other people. Um, true. I have very unusual talents. True. I am generally underestimated by people. Um, false. I do things differently and better than most people when I work. I don't know. Okay. Why do you do things differently? Why do I do things differently? Yes. Um, it's, it's funny, actually, just as a comment on those questions. I do, it's funny, there's parts of the question, the statement that I would agree with, but there's yeah. other parts that make me wildly uncomfortable because yeah. I, I, uh, <laughs> I don't think I have an ego big enough to agree with some of those statements. I think it's one of the challenges I'm finding with that tool, actually, but it's the only piece of work that's been done on anybody who are mavericks. So that's, no, 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 that's, yeah. that's, that's totally fair. I just, yeah. like, yeah, I mean, yeah, anyway. Richard, um, you're not the first or the first person who's made that. Yeah. Comment. So, so anyway, why do you things dif do do things differently? Um, I think it's because I personally don't. I don't. For as long as I can remember, since before I could make my own decisions, people have been making decisions for me, and people have been telling me you have to go in a certain direction. And you know, they're, they're kind of categorizing me, or they categorize us in general, and. Um, sort of tell us this is the path you have to go on this is you know you go to university you or you go to school graduate mm -hmm. from school go to university after graduate university you get a job if you get a job you find you know a boyfriend and girlfriend you get married you have a house with a picket fence and three kids and the dog you know it, i think it's very easy to fall into this this um this pre-described path if you will okay and um i feel uncomfortable in that one size fits all mold and so the reason i do things differently is i have a different set of curiosities and um, sensibilities and interests that I want to satisfy. I mean, I'll give you a quick example. Like mm -hmm. through through growing up, I actually told myself I'd never touch alcohol and never touch drugs. I will never touch drugs. Mm -hmm. However, it wasn't until I was twenty, mm -hmm. almost twenty one, that I had my first beer. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know why I did because I've never. I don't. I don't enjoy drinking because I just don't like the taste of it. But okay. uh, you know, uh, I've sort of. I've just approached things differently. My my idea of, 
you know, having a good time in my free time is different from, from my peers and other people my age. So I think it's really, I've, I've had a sense of curiosities that I've tried to satisfy. Okay. okay. Yeah. Does doing things differently require certain skills? And if so, what are they? I don't think it, it, uh, it needs a set of different skills, but I think it requires a different mindset or yeah. approach to things. Uh, we're very easy or we're very ready to accept somebody's, somebody else's definition mm-hmm. of something, whatever it is. Uh, and that's not necessarily the case. Uh, a quick example is, you know, I was down in the Silicon Valley working on uh, the very first Facebook applications. So mm-hmm. this was back when Twitter was sort of in its infancy. Yeah. And um, I remember... I was using Twitter and I was getting a lot out of Twitter, but a lot of people that I told that I was on Twitter would say, oh, Twitter is just Facebook status updates. Mm. And people thought that Facebook or Twitter was Facebook status updates because gurus or other people had led them to believe that because they're very, very ready to accept someone else's definition of something right. rather than creating their own experience and then coming to their own conclusions. Okay. So does that answer the question? Yeah, yeah that's fine. What are the challenges to being a maverick? Not everyone understands you. <laughs> um, okay. But uh, it's funny. What, what I think people that might find challenges with being a conventional maverick, uh, I think, are the people that aren't mavericks. Because I think mavericks embrace what would be seen as challenges. So, you know, I look at the fact that the things that I am interested in or rather the, the areas I want to work in or, or explore, uh, they're, they're disruptive, you know. They're, okay. uh, they're not mainstream. Okay. And that there's a, there's a real discomfort associated with quote-unquote thinking outside the box, right? We're very, people are, I think, generally risk-averse and change-averse. Yeah. Um, so things that could be challenges uh, I, I sort of embrace as, as opportunities. They're sort of the, it comes with the territory. So, yeah. yeah. Um, let me sum that up. Challenges. People don't understand you. Uh, there's very few of you. Uh, you certainly have to forge ahead on your own. Um, and you get a lot of, you face a lot of rejection. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, those are things that I've learned to embrace because they really just sort of fuel and motivate me to, to do better or to keep going or, Okay. What, what aspects of your character influence your maverick approach? What aspects of my character? Mm. Um, um, that's a good question. I think... I think my, my outgoing nature, I really... Mm. I, will, I will talk to anyone and everyone because I enjoy hearing other people's stories because I think... Uh, everyone has a story to tell and mm-hmm. we don't stop to listen off enough. Yeah. Um, as using that as a jumping point, um, I also have this, this, this mindset, if you will, of lifelong learning. We can constantly learn from each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that really helps me keep going. You know, I don't think we should ever stop developing our minds. Like we can learn from our environments, from each other, from our experiences. And I think that should really shape the way in which we do things instead of, doing the same thing repeatedly. Like there's an Einstein quote that I always keep tucked in the back of my head. And I hate being that guy that quotes Einstein, but I remember reading it and it kind of being like a slap to the face. But it was this quote that 
Um, the definition of stupidity is doing the same thing repeatedly and expecting different results. Different results, yep. Definitely um, like that one. And, and so using that as a jumping point, mm. I do not in any way believe the saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Just because it works doesn't mean it works as well as it could sure. or as well as it should. And so uh, I use that as just an opportunity. Whatever I'm doing, uh, I'm observing. I think I'm constantly digesting. Uh, I think a lot of people go through this world. And please forgive me. I don't in, in any way mean to sound preachy or no, uh, I get that. self-righteous because that's not, that's not the intent. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think it's very easy to kind of go through this world in a very passive manner rather yes. than actively digesting what's happening around you and then using that either to better yourself or to better an idea. Or um, what I'd like to do is, you know, say say I met you and we had nothing in common. But mm -hmm. you were working on some cool stuff and I have a friend that was working on similar cool stuff. You know, I think it's our responsibility to connect each other. So just because, you know, we can't work together doesn't mean I can't put you in touch with someone else where some, you know, relationship may begin and you get along famously. Exactly. Do you think your childhood in any way impacted on your being a maverick? Oh, 100%. 100%. But I will say that uh, that's one of those wild cards which I had no, no say in. And I just got 150% lucky. Okay. You know, uh, in the sense that... You know, I was born in Dubai. I grew right. up between Dubai, the UK, and India. Right. I then moved to Canada. Right. I lived in California on two occasions. Right. Uh, and I had parents that enjoyed traveling a little bit. So if I look at my childhood, I had a multicultural background, which was massive for understanding different people, mm -hmm. you know, uh, or even being open to different people yeah. um, and understanding and embracing their differences. You know, I was fortunate enough to live in different countries. So I have sort of a degree of world literacy no no not yeah. world literacy um just exposure to life outside the bubble okay. like i once i once uh i once dated a girl that had never left vancouver in her 25 years of being on this earth and i just felt bad for her because, <laughs> okay you know but 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 um there were a lot of things the way you know the the way in which my folks raised me that you know, I couldn't have planned for it, and I don't think they planned for it. Right. But I look back and realize the tendencies and the sort of character attributes I have now, and I definitely pinpoint them to that. But it's in many ways, I think being a maverick is a result of the perfect storm of of experiences and exposures as you grow up. Because, okay. you know, we can't predict the future, you know. <laughs> yeah. Mavericks often have unusual talents. What would you say yours are? It's funny, when I think unusual talents, I think, you know, can I contort myself into a box or something strange like that? Mm -hmm. um, I don't have anything wild like that. Mm -hmm. I think, I, would, I wouldn't say it's a talent, because a talent suggests it's something you can hone. But I think one of the things that I've, I've, I've kept with me and I think it's a big driving force in the way in which I move forward with things uh, is I try every day to maintain my childlike optimistic view of the world mm -hmm. when you're a child you believe you can you know walk on the moon you can do anything and somewhere along the way someone puts an expiration date on your ambitions yeah and that's just fucking wrong yeah um, okay but uh, I think that's something that I keep where, you know, uh, 
I think anything's possible. Uh, and I, I, I truly believe that, and that's how I approach what I do. Okay. How do you see rules, Richard? Sorry, say that again? How do you see rules? <laughs> um, how do I see rules? I don't know. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is rules were made to be broken. But mm-hmm. um, I think rules provide an order for people that feel comfortable with order and that need that direction. Okay. But uh, I certainly see rules as, uh, as a framework, you know, mm-hmm. within which you should operate when, but... Uh, like anything, I think there's a sliding scale of rules. Like, if we're talking the law, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, the law says don't kill people, I'm not going to kill people, you know, because I think rules are very much tied to our sense of moral right and wrong. Okay. Um, but if you're talking about, uh, I don't know, I like, to, I like to challenge rules. I don't necessarily like to straight up break them, but I like to to question them and to push push buttons and to make sure that other people, especially myself, but other people are accepting rules that they really accept and they're not blindly accepting rules. I guess, okay, when it comes down to rules, I don't like to blindly accept rules. I like to understand every facet of them and then come to sort of that, that uh, sense of right or wrong or acceptance of the rule if I believe in what it, the purpose within which it's been instated. Okay. Have you always taken a maverick approach to business or was there a particular trigger? You know, I think I've actually fought the maverick way to approach to business because uh, I've been doing it since before I knew. Okay. You know, my dad growing up always, uh, he was always like, Richard, you know, you need to start your own business. You know, you, you, that's the way to go. And I always fought it. I said, no, I want to work for someone else that's going to deduct my, you know, CPP and my yeah. pension and, you know, take care of the administrative side of uh, employment so I don't have to. Mm-hmm. And yet, uh, for as long as I can remember, I've always worked for myself. So okay. I think I was fighting something that was inherently in me. But, you know, when I think of being a maverick, um, a maverick is a derivative of the idea of how explain a maverick is really a derivative of an entrepreneur mm-hmm. in some ways. Yeah. And I think the thing that chimes chimes true with mavericks, which definitely is the case of entrepreneurs, is when as an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur isn't a career. Uh, an entrepreneur is a tri- is is a lifestyle choice, mm. you know, because there's no nine to five that like you live and breathe what you do as an entrepreneur. Similarly, as as a maverick, yes, um, it it is a lifestyle choice to be disruptive, to be challenging of the norms uh, in order to 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 develop better whatever, okay, you know, whatever that is. So, okay. If I'm, I'm rambling too long. No, no, no. You're, you're, not, you're not rambling at all. This is fine. Um, you were, um, I'm just looking at the next question. Was It was how and why do you choose to be a maverick or not? But you kind of seem to have answered that question. I, guess, I think, I think a ma- being a maverick, it, it kind of... I wouldn't say, well, I don't know if it chooses you, but it's, it's hard-coded into your DNA. It's not okay. something you can choose to be. Okay. Um, again, not trying to sound self-righteous, but, I mean, it's... it's, 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 it's uh, a part of people's temperaments, right? And based on your likes and interests and how you approach life and adversity and challenge determines whether or not you're going to feel comfortable as a maverick. And if you have a certain uh, breakdown of those 
those uh, sensibilities, if you will, or temperaments, mm. uh, you sort of fall into it. Okay. So, um, are you always a maverick, or do you choose to be so at times? I think I'm always a maverick, but I choose to embellish it at times. Okay. And is this choice a conscious or unconscious decision? Um, it's, def it's definitely a, a conscious decision. Um, again, I try to... I think the thing about being a maverick, in many cases, you ask anyone, um, you know, friend, my friends will occasionally... Like, I, I, you, you saw me on TV yesterday. Mm, yeah. Um, and as a result, I have friends that are jokingly referred to me as this rock star. Um, but I, I, the first thing I'm quick to say, and I, I really genuinely mean it, is mm. I'm, I'm just a guy. Yeah. I'm just a guy that likes hockey, that uh, wants to make a difference and has found a way to put the two together. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm nothing special. Okay. And in that sense, you know, I think you, know, you can be a maverick without putting it on display. Okay. But uh, there's sometimes where, you know, who doesn't like to show off occasionally? Yeah. You, you, you bring out the flair. You bring out the flair. <laughs> okay. What are, what are the advantages and disadvantages of being a maverick in business? Um, <clears throat> advantages, uh, you, I think you're, you, you know, you have a, a stronger ability to connect with individuals. You, you know, you know, you, you, you have a larger network, you go out there and, uh, you're more open to change, mm -hmm. uh, which I think is becoming more and more a driving, driving force in the shape of our future. Yeah. Uh, but as far as disadvantages go, um, I think you're seen as threatening, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that works against you because yeah. really you're just there to satisfy your curiosities and to create change and put your skill set to the best use, but people are averse to change. And so yeah. you're a bit of a threat. Uh, you're seen as disruptive. You're seen as, um, competition and as a result, uh, you know, bridges, bridges can be burned. So okay. it's, it's not the easiest type of person to accept. Now, you know, there's mavericks that are just these, you know, pardon my language, but just brazen dicks mm -hmm. um, who, who are, you know, cowboyish, right? And I think it's how you handle being a maverick that uh, that really dictates how much of the advantage versus disadvantage you sort of experience. Okay. Has Asian experience altered your maverick approach? Yeah, I mean, by all means. I'm, I mean, full disclosure, I don't admit this to many people just because they judge, but, like, I'm 24, you mm -hmm. know, and um, I found it definitely harder when I was in my 20s, you know, when I'd run off to Silicon Valley and, you know, building applications and doing stuff that most, you know, 18, 19-year-olds weren't doing. Yeah. Um, but... I think I was a little bit more of a cowboy back then. Mm. And now, you know, all it is is I've sort of shaped my maverickness, if you will. Okay. Um, and tried to, tried to bring it out when it's necessary, okay. very visibly necessary, but otherwise, you know, take the best parts of it. Uh, I mean, the reason I brought my age is I, I am only 24, so yeah. it's an Asian experience. I feel like I don't have much of it, you know. Okay. Certainly going out there and, creating my own experience because the stuff that I'm trying to do most people haven't done yet no. okay um, so I don't know if that answers your yeah, question no no that's fine that answers the question 
What aspects of your life and business are you most and least maverick in? In, in aspects of business or life? Both. Um, in, in business, I'd say I'm, it's, it's, I'm a maverick all the time. Mm -hmm. It's all, all maverick all the time because it's a lifestyle choice. Okay. Uh, and I, you know, whether it's conferences or going out with people, I find that it's a side of my brain I can't switch off mm -hmm. because I'm constantly learning from my surroundings. You know, I'll be, I'll be walking down the street and you see a billboard with a company advertising and they're like, you know what, oh, that ties into five more for food. And like, you know, it's, a, it's constantly on and you think, yeah. you know, I'm sending myself notes, oh, email this person or yeah. create this proposal. Yeah. Um, and so that bleeds into my personal life. Um, the times I'm less maverick, I think, uh, tend to be with uh, in my personal life, just, mm. you know, with friends and people that I want to see the real side of me. Yeah. Uh, I think it's very easy to get caught up in in everything that's happening, you know. Like, mm. um, I've been on the road for the last six weeks, two weeks in the UK, a week in Sudan, a week in Texas, a week in Barcelona, all for work. Yeah. Uh, I mean, along the side of, you know, Barcelona, I had an extra day and a half, so I went and explored Barcelona. But, you know, um, I think people people get caught up in this idea that I'm this jet setter and I'm doing all this you know, traveling. It's like, guys, it's just for work because I'm trying to make a dream come true. Yeah. That's all it is. I'm yeah. chasing a dream. Yeah. I just, my dream happens to take me to all these different countries and, you know, I volunteer as a humanitarian aid worker. So I do that for fun. It's yeah. not because I'm like a disaster tourist. Yeah. Some people are like, oh, you're going to Sudan. Your pictures are so amazing. It's like, guys, I signed up three years ago to be a humanitarian aid worker because that's how I want to spend my free time, yeah. you know? Um, but uh, I, I enjoy actually trying to switch the maverickness off when I'm around close friends that I know accept me for who I am. Yeah. Um, again, I mean, you're probably getting a, a sight into the soul of a 24-year-old that's at a life crossroads mm. on the verge of a quarter-life crisis. But uh, <laughs> in many ways, um, this, sounds, this sounds ridiculous. Uh, and I think this very much is the case for Mavericks. Mm -hmm. But um, one of the things I've struggled with, you know, both from shifting geography all the time and moving for uh, growing up, as well as just with my interests, is I haven't felt that I distinctly belong in any group mm -hmm. or social circle. Mm -hmm. And I struggled for a while with that quote-unquote lack of belonging, mm -hmm. uh, both from being a foreigner and then being, you know, like in my 20s when all my friends are going out drinking, you know, mm. I'm up late working or, you know, developing other stuff because I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah. And so I guess, you know, Mavericks struggle with this sense of belonging. Mm. But it, when you come to terms with the fact that you won't belong anywhere because you're continuing to pioneer whatever you're pioneering or trailblazing, mm. um, you know, there's a sense of uh, relief in that. And okay. so. Uh, I enjoy around my friends kind of just being me. Like, I'm quirky. I'm, I'm a little bit weird. Um, mm. But, you know, I've got a decent set of social skills and, you know, can have a beer with the rest of them. But I know that they, they'll they accept me if for some reason I want to talk about, I don't know, we're sitting having beers and the next thing you know we're discussing a potential business idea to create yeah. a new social network analysis yeah. tool or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, and it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. How do you balance being a maverick with home life? With, 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 with what, sorry? Home life. Home life. Um, I don't, actually, uh, and it's a problem. Okay. Um, I'm trying to, to, to sort of find that balance. 
um, I think you know being being a maverick, you you operate at at this sort of this different frequency. You yeah. know, it's just fast paced go 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 go. Mm. You know, get off the plane, go to meet coffee, go for coffee with Billy. You know, if I plan to be on time, like that's what it would yeah. happen. And it was yeah. like, um, you get used to this pace, but the important thing is to sort of find your outlets and your ways to decompress because. Uh, otherwise you burn out and, you know, you yeah. start to realize the importance of balance and having that outlet. Yeah. So Definitely. Uh, I can honestly say that right now I don't do a good job of balancing it, but uh, I think it's something you need to learn if you want to be a successful ma- maverick or at least continue the maverick lifestyle. Okay. Because something's got to give. Something's got to give. Okay. Is any part of being a maverick related to the legacy you want to leave behind? Um. Yeah, I, I would say so. I don't consciously visit that thought mm-hmm. often, mm-hmm. but I do know that, uh, you know, I aspire to leave leave this world a better place. I mean, outside, you know, personal goal, uh, people will probably find it weird, but you're, you're an expat Brit, so you're probably familiar with the designations uh, OBE and MBE. Yeah. Um, I totally have it on my, my bucket list to somehow earn uh, an MBE one day. Like, okay. I want to be Richard Lowe MBE. Yeah. Um, Okay. And and so I think I, I, I certainly have sort of those longer term goals that mm-hmm. I aspire to. And so being a maverick does, I guess, pertain to the legacy. But with that with that said, it's not a conscious it's not a conscious, uh, you know, motivator behind everything that I do. Mm-hmm. OK, how much, if anything, of being a maverick is related to give back? A lot, really. Uh, most everything really I think I'm a firm believer that if we can give back we should give back mm-hmm. uh, and I don't just mean financially through charity but rather uh, one of the things that I'm actively involved in is mentoring a bunch of youth entrepreneurs in Vancouver because mm-hmm. I think it's important to foster any sense of support around youth that we can because mm-hmm. I know I was lucky to have a few things that really helped drive me in the direction I did when mm-hmm. I was young a couple adult teachers and things like that that allowed me to start projects that I wouldn't have, uh, you know, that have, 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 um, that just gave me a different experience through my younger, younger years. But similarly, I know that we need to try and provide that to, to other youth. So that's one of the ways I give back. And I think community give back just is different in every way because, you know, I have a friend right now, a close friend right now that's borderline stage three cancer. Okay. And, you know, I'm spending a lot of time with her. Um, just because she's only chosen to tell like five people right. about what's happening, and so there's an extra, you know, obligation on us to yeah. kind of be there as a support. Definitely. Um, but that give back is investing in people. It's supporting people. It's investing in the community. It's investing in social welfare. Um, so yes, a lot of what I do is driven by giving back. Okay. But it's giving back in a very broad sense of the definition. Mm-hmm. How do your ethics and values impact on being a maverick, do you think? I think sometimes my ethics and values clash with being a maverick because mm-hmm. I want to push, you know, I want to push boundaries and, you know, press the button that says do not press and cross the line mm-hmm. that says do not cross, um, which I think really just creates a gray area. Um, I personally feel comfortable exploring the gray area mm-hmm. uh, just because it solidifies my 
center of moral right and moral wrong. Okay. Um, so I think, you know, when there's a conflict, you know, I, I will explore it. Not, like, and I mean, I, I say that loosely. It's mm-hmm. not like, you know, is it right or wrong to kill someone? I'm not going to go kill someone and just to figure out whether or not it's right or wrong oh, to okay. kill someone. But um, in slightly less extreme cases where the moral gray area exists, uh, I certainly will venture into exploring it. Okay. Mavericks tend to be risk takers. What's the biggest risk you've taken in business to date? Um, well, I guess I guess really right now probably represents the biggest risk I'm taking, which is, uh, you know, we started Five Hole for Food and now we scaled to Footy for Food and we're trying to scale globally into four or five European countries okay this global model of sport for food however the model right now has the model has every potential Mm -hmm. to generate revenue to pay salaries for a select few okay however it's a touch shy of doing that in Canada so I'm right now working for Freestyle okay so I'm at that crossroads where I finished my MBA Mm -hmm. in August and I'm sort of facing, you know, do I go back into corporate consulting and go the industry route, or do I go and create this for food NGO that operates internationally, that's raising tens, you know, millions of pounds of food annually to support those that can't feed themselves. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's a bit of a risk in the sense that I, I didn't want to take student loans, so I paid off my education with all my savings, so I'm mm-hmm. near broke. Mm-hmm. I'm, I am broke. Um, I moved in with my parents and said, look, can you give me six months to find the funding, blah, 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 to make this happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're, you're going all in on on a, on a dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a dream, but, I mean, it's it's something that's near and dear to me. It's a, it's a yeah. baby. Okay. Um, and you do that because now's the time to do it. You yeah. know, not, not, tied out, not, not tied down by a relationship, by mortgages, by bills, uh, other than my cell bill, really. Mm. Um, and so... You have to take those chances when you get invited to a conference in Barcelona, which has a pan-European sport delegation. When you look at the list, and you're like, you know what, those would be really good people to know. Yeah. But, you know, I only have this much money in my bank account. Like, is it worth going all the way to Barcelona to meet these people? Right. And you just, you have to invest in your future. Yes. Right? You have to invest in the risk. And so that's that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. The next question may not be relevant to you, so you'll have to tell me. How many ventures have you undertaken in the past five years? Is it just the footy for food, the five hole for food one? Um, I've undertaken a few different ventures. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the last five years, I mean, if you want to, if you want to include the four food things mm-hmm. as one, like sport for food, mm-hmm. or uh, do you want to include them as However, UK however you want to, however you want to count it, they're separate things, then you do them as separate? Um, I'd go as far as to suggest that I've undertaken three different ventures, okay. and I'm actually in the process of developing one as we speak. Okay. Um, so I don't know if that makes it say four. Okay. What do you consider are the characteristics of a successful venture? Um, 
guess that really depends what its metrics are. I mean, the five hole for us, it's been about raising food for food banks. So mm -hmm. it hasn't been about making money as mm -hmm. a nonprofit. Uh, but yet we've gone from, you know, 6,000 pounds of food to 43,000 pounds of food to 133,000 pounds of food to 350,000 pounds of food, you know, raised annually. Okay. Um, so for me, that's a mark of success. I think, you know, whereas I look at some of the startup I'm trying to work on right now mm -hmm. and a sign of success certainly would be, at least preliminary success would be getting investment and then it's finding a way to make it profitable. So... I don't know if I could answer that in the broad sense, because okay. I think a successful venture is really unique to what the purpose is. Okay. So what I do is I won't ask you the next two questions, but it's about what did what made the venture successful and what made them un if they failed, why why okay, no, let's let's do this properly. So um so depending on the whatever metrics you had set in place for each of the ventures, yeah. the of the ones you did what were how many were successful um, well I think as well success is a relative thing I'd say mm. they were all successful okay. mostly because three of the four are still in development so okay. they haven't tanked yeah uh, one of them which I've sort of just petered off right it wasn't unsuccessful mm. it just its place in my day-to-day -day changed you know okay. it became less less important you know and what that was was I just I started my own freelance consulting company doing social media mm. marketing strategy development whatever um, and that worked to pay the bills for X number of years but as I got more into these other projects it just because it was freelance as clients kind of went off uh, I wasn't actively recruiting new clients okay so it just it, it reached a natural end okay. Well, the, for the ones that were unsuccessful, but if you class any as unsuccessful, you've mentioned one where it's petered off. What would you consider is the main reason for failure? Um, I think the main reason for failure would have just been um, organizational culture, you know, surrounding yourself with the right people or people with the right vision, the same vision, okay. uh, similar tendencies. I think you'd get some clashes if you put multiple too many mavericks in the same same space yeah but i think certainly having people that you know one maybe maybe another maverick that understands the intensity the drive the yeah the level and and scale at which you need to think in order to do uh is important and so uh that comes back to just this idea that you know sometimes you're in spaces where people don't understand the mentality mm. so they reject it okay as a maverick what are you afraid of? Sorry? As a maverick, yeah, what are you afraid of? Um, it's funny, I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid of... Uh, I'm not afraid of failure. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I'm mean, relatively fortunate that I haven't experienced a lot of it in the business sense. Mm -hmm. But I also haven't experienced these wild successes, so I think it's all tempered. Okay. But um, I think I, I don't know the, the things that I'm afraid of. I don't think really pertain to the the business world. I mean, I'm, I'm I mean, 
you could probably draw parallels, but I mean, one of the things I'm absolutely terrified of is injuring myself and needing to be dependent on a caregiver, yeah, like becoming yeah. a paraplegic or a quadriplegic where okay. I'm unable to work at my speed. Right. Because, you know, again, not trying to be preachy or self-righteous, I just know that I work at a different threshold and I enjoy working at that threshold because that's when I'm most efficient. Yeah. And I think being limited by something that was outside of my control, like a debilitating injury, yeah. would drive me nuts. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Are there any career choices that you regret as it relates to your potential as a maverick? Um, I try not to regret most things because mm-hmm. um, I think a positive mindset has been a real driving factor and again the ability to sort of persevere and get through adversity. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly regret there wasn't a career I regret but I certainly regret the clash and then I think this 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 speaks to a neglect of myself but I was talking about not having that work-life balance Mm. and so I would take on some clients knowing that I just I was burnt out I was done I didn't have the capacity to handle them and then I would just do a job that I was not proud of Um, and you know so I I I burnt a bridge, so to speak, mm. just because of my inability to, my 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 not having learned how to be a maverick or how to handle being a maverick. Okay. Uh, yeah. How important is team to you as a maverick? Team's huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, team in the sense that, you know, we can't do anything without great people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you... At the end of the day, as a maverick, you are one person. Mm-hmm. So you can have the greatest idea and all the drive in the world and be the most driven person. But at the end of the day, things happen because a group of people make them happen. I look at Five Hole. I had the idea. Mm-hmm. I'm not able to do what we've done and grow to the level we've grown without um, without the people that are beside me. And I very consciously say beside me because it's very often... You know, I wouldn't be able to do it without the people behind me or the people under me. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I'm a big believer in organizational culture and developing, you know, a set of values that everyone prescribes to, but that foster the best in the, in, the, in the team you have. And so while, you know, for all intents and purposes, my title within the organization is CEO and founder, I, I see a very flat hierarchy. Like, hierarchy is really only there to create order, mm. not to fuel egos or to, you know, necessarily designate rank. If anything, okay. it just designates experience. But I think we do things together. Okay. So we learn from each other. We, we work together. We collaborate. And so uh, team is important to me. I mean, you, you need a designated leader, but no one person does it alone. Okay. Do you draw upon other mavericks in any way? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I uh, I have a few few friends I can think of that uh, they're some of the first people I go to to bounce ideas off. And, okay. you know, we will have hour-long Skype sessions or whatever, just, you know, shooting the ship and talking about those abstract ideas and kind of going into places that people haven't thought to go. Um, and... 
Can you repeat the question? Was, do, do I work with other mavericks? No, no, do no. Do, do you draw upon other mavericks? But you've answered okay. that by the bouncing ideas. Yeah, yeah, I definitely do. Okay. Does being a maverick affect your approach to leadership? Uh, it does. Um, I think, and, and, and you know what, I think, I think, again, I've been blessed with a certain skill set and attitude. Um, um, and, you know, a, a temperament, you know, and a, a charisma, if you will, that mm -hmm. allows me to, to do things that other people might not necessarily be able to do. And so um, I think I definitely draw on being a maverick to be a better leader. You know, okay. I think people are attracted to someone that, you know, has a vision and is sort of bigger thinking. And, but you need, but you also need to be able to relate to them, uh, and I think it's important to, again, flip on the maverick switch when you need to, you know, champion things in the Buzz Lightyear way, you know, to go where no man has gone before. Mm. Um, but also, uh, you know, use the attributes that come with being a maverick to make sure that you know you're on the same page as everybody because again if you're you know sitting on this high horse on top of a pedestal yeah. on top of the empire state building and trying to say yeah you know i'm on the same level as you standing on the ground yeah, floor definitely you know it, it doesn't do anything and and that's not consciously exploiting the people either that's just understanding how to get the best out of everyone for okay. mutual benefit so okay is being a maverick related to creativity? And if so, how? Um, I would say that being a maverick is linked to thinking outside of the box. Mm -hmm. uh, creativity is maybe, you know, the, de the definition of creativity has slightly different uh, connotations. Um, short answer is yes. Mm -hmm. I think what's interesting is we're in a space where thinking outside of the box is the status quo. Mm. So how do you begin to think outside of the box that is thinking outside of the box? Okay. Is that, if that makes sense? Yeah, it makes and sense. So if, if you grasp that, then it's, you know, as a maverick, uh, I'd say it's linked to creativity, but more, clo more closely to a sense of innovation mm -hmm. or even closer so to this idea of disruption. Um, and, and, um, you know, uh, trailblazing, pioneering, because uh, I think creativity is probably the spark, but uh, innovation becomes the output and disruption is, uh, you know, that manifestation of <coughs> maverickism. Okay. Three more questions. Is there anyone who's a maverick that inspires you? Richard Branson. Okay. And what motivates you? I like to be different. Um, you know, um, I, I don't know. I what, what motivates me? Um, what motivates mo you as a maverick? I think as a maverick, I'm motivated by the fact that I think we have so much... We have the ability to all do very different things, and yet people all fall into sort of the same paths. Okay. And I guess, you know, I don't want to ever look back and think that I didn't do anything, and 
you know, I hear quotes like, you know, you only have one life to live, and if you do it right once, it's just enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't help but think that, uh, you know, there was a time where I wasn't living life to the fullest as I felt it was to the fullest, because it means something different to everybody. Everybody, yeah. And um, I think at the end of the day, I'm very much driven by leaving a positive mark on this world. And so I just strive to do that in a way that keeps me stimulated, mm-hmm. um, but that is also you know, helping me grow, helping others grow. Um, because I think we all have the ability to, to leave a mark on each other. Mm-hmm. And I mean that in a, in a very much in a two-way manner. You know, it's not about what I do only for other people or what other people only do for me. Like, you know, we, we have the ability to influence each other. And so if I can leave the people around me better and the uh, world around me better, uh, then I want to uh, only in a way that's productive. Okay. Final question. Okay. What would you like to have been asked that I haven't asked you? Um, what would I like to be asked? Um, I I don't know. Do you enjoy being a maverick? Okay. Or maybe, or maybe you you did ask that in just a, a roundabout a roundabout way. Okay. Um, 